0: Hello, everyone. Today's guest is Claire O'Brien. Claire is a nurse practitioner, wife and mother of two girls. She is also the co-founder of a national concierge aesthetics practice called The Skin Click and host of the Dabble Co podcast. In today's episode, we talk about some of the myths about Botox, side effects of Botox, other medical reasons for Botox that you may not be aware of, and much more. Let's dive in. Just a little disclaimer before we start this episode, this podcast does not provide medical advice. The information on this podcast is for informational purposes only. No material on this site is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Today's episode is sponsored by Welliments. I have worked alongside this brand for quite a few years now and can attest to the high quality and efficacy of their products. All of their products are certified organic, preservative free, and bottled in glass. Their products range from daily vitamin and mineral supplements to products to help with tummy troubles, teething, and the sniffles. Personally, we have loved their vitamin D drops for our infants, their tooth oil, and cough medicine. They are actively building out their children's line and they just launched immune support, elderberry and multivitamin gummies, and probiotic stick packs. If you are looking for a great gift for a mother-to-be, their Oh Baby Bundle would be perfect. It includes all of their best-selling newborn products, including grape water, vitamin D drops, chest and foot rub, and more. You can use the code Motherhood Medicine for twenty percent off at checkout. You can find all of these details in the show notes as well. Today's show is also sponsored by Sarah Belly. Sarah Belly was founded by neurosurgeon Teresa Persner. You can hear all about the story that inspired the brand within the episode we recorded together about six months ago. After becoming a neurosurgeon, Teresa went back to school to earn her PhD in developmental neurobiology at Stanford. After having her three children, she was having a hard time finding baby food that focused on the proper nutrients needed for the developing brain. And thus, cerebelli was born. Did you know that 80% of a baby's brain is fully developed by the age of three? Cerebelli is the only brand of organic purees that provide 16 key brain supporting nutrients. Let your baby explore veggie-first, clean label project certified flavors with no added sugar and spoonfuls of nutrients with cerebelli. Parenting is an art, cerebelli is science. And you know how much I love science. My kids also enjoy their smart bars, which are great for a quick, nutrient-packed snack for on the go. Today's listeners can get up to 35% off your first order of cerebelli with code Lindsay20. That's L-Y-N-Z-Y-20 plus an additional 15% off when you subscribe and save. Let's get back to the episode. Good morning, Claire. Happy to have you here today.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me.
0: So today we are going to talk all about botox and like I said to you this was a hot topic as far as receiving questions for this topic. So I want to start out just by of course we you know mentioned in your intro, you know what you do and everything, but if you just want to kind of talk a little bit about your career, what you guys are doing and how you got into it, that would be great.
1: Yeah, okay, so I so I'm an adult nurse practitioner. And I have been in practice now since 2010, so a little bit of time. I started out in surgical oncology, and then I quickly moved. I did that for about two years, and then I moved into more of an ENT head and neck surgical oncology practice. And that's actually where I had my first exposure to neurotoxins. People don't even realize this. Botox has two indications. They have like a kind of a medical side that's completely separate from their aesthetic side. And we would use Botox to treat, so head and neck cancer, you can imagine you have all these like facial asymmetries that happen after we've, you know, like cut off half your face and paralyzed your facial nerve and done all these things. And it can be not just cosmetically altering, but literally like if you can't use one side of your mouth that well, there's just a cascade effect that I think people don't really understand. So we use a lot of Botox in that way to kind of correct asymmetries to help quality of life. And then in a in salivary gland setting Things like that, so that's kind of where I first started to learn about it. Worked with a couple facial plastic surgeons there, and just really got to know the anatomy. And then you know, really, it's it's super interesting. So my business partner slash life, you know, bestie, wonderful human, who actually started the practice where I'm working now, called the Skin Click. So she called me at a time when I had been in an academic medicine center in a cancer practice for. 10 years it's grueling even when you go more part time cancer is not part time like i can't get an email from someone on friday and be like you know i see this email i'm off today and i know your pet scan didn't get covered for monday and i need to call insurance but you know what i'm off like you can't do that so it was time for me to move on and and i knew that which was also the hardest decision I've ever made in my life. And and our family stuff was changing. My my husband's job was changing significantly. He was traveling all the time. We had two little kids. So she called me and said, Hey, I, I've started this concierge medical aesthetics practice, and it's doing really well in my town, which was about an hour away from, from Charleston, South Carolina, where we were living at the time. And she said, I've got all these patients down in Charleston. Would you want to inject with me? And in talking about it, we talked more about just her ideas for the practice in general and said I we you know I really want to be a, a part of this more so than than an injector with the company. So not only trained on, you know, neurotoxin in a cosmetic way at that point, but really actually co helped kind of co-found the brand and the business as it is um today. So you know, aesthetics can be really difficult to to get into. There's no and there's not a magic formula. You know, people ask us all the time, like, oh, I took the class or I took the weekend course.
0: So I actually am very curious your thoughts on this, but I've heard a lot of for whatever reason, like dentistry is like really focusing in on like Botox injections and things like that now. Like they'll go like dentists will go to these like weekend courses and then come back and start offering botox in their in their offices and i'm like this is kind of like i'm just trying to figure out like how all of that i mean i do so i do get it from the perspective of like i've suffered from tmj forever and people keep telling me get botox get botox and so i still haven't gotten botox i'm trying invisalign and it's working pretty well but and i'm not opposed to to trying out botox because i've heard nothing but wonderful things so i'm i'm wondering if maybe that is like kind of how they entered into it like oh we want to start offering this because it does have great effects for people that do have these conditions that we do deal with and see on a typical day basis but yeah it's just like it's pretty wild
1: so you know dentistry is a really it's a really interesting thing because in a lot of regulatory ways they are they have kind of the same privileges as physicians or like MDs or DOs you know medical doctors they're they're not medical doctors but they're called doctor so and so whatever their their name is so they from a regulatory standpoint can do things like open an account and purchase those products i think you're totally right that It probably started with masseter. So masseter Botox is what you would do when you have things like TMJ and actually for facial slimming. But, you know, to be honest, I mean, I think it's, it's just a fun, it's kind of the same reason that like primary care docs are adding it to their practice now. And I mean, really any, anybody, because two things, I don't just want to say, oh, it's because, you know, you can, it's very lucrative. You can make a lot of money because it actually, it can be difficult to, to get to the point where you're actually making money, you have to be doing enough of a volume to be um, profitable from aesthetic stuff. So, you know, it's not just that, but I think it's just, it's a kind of a fun addition. It's a way to get people in the door and, and you, you do make money, and then a dentist can, you know, hire someone to work in their office that's doing it, and they can delegate to that person. So I, th- I think it's kind of twofold. One, it's 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 fine; it's a different, you know, stream of revenue for your office. Two, they're allowed to to do it, you know, so they they start doing it. Um, so right now, insurance doesn't pay for masseter injections, like dental insurance doesn't. But I think that they if they're smart, I think that they will in the future. For example, like if you've got really significant TMJ or clenching or bruxism, I mean, I just had a crown done. Oh oh my gosh. I did too, like a while ago. Right. I mean, because I'm like biting my teeth and my mouth guard in the morning. This is so gross, like so much more information than anyone asked for. But like when I wake up in the morning, my mouth guard is like full of blood. My husband's like, what are you doing over there? I'm like, I don't know apparently grinding my teeth really hard. But so I do think we'll get to the point of where dental insurance or maybe medical insurance will actually cover masseter Botox. But yeah, that but that's where it started, I think is is masseters and then just as a stream of revenue.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it really should cover that because it truly does. I mean, I again, I've never had it. But from what I've heard from other people, it sounds like it really works like almost all of the time. And there are not many things that do help with the TMJ. I, I have to say like, there are people out there that try literally everything. Oh my gosh.
1: And it, it's miserable. And then it contributes to headaches and all that. And I and I, listen, I want to say too, like, there's this kind of attitude on Instagram, I would say right now, there's kind of this area of injectors that are like you know, no one should be doing this unless you've got 10 years of training and plastic surgery and dermatology and all of this stuff. Like some of the best injectors in the world are RNs. Okay. And I have personally witnessed the worst vascular occlusion complication I've ever seen from a plastic surgeon. That's not knocking plastic surgeons. That's not glorifying RNs. It's to say, Like dentists are perfectly capable of using a needle and learning the facial anatomy in the ways that they need to, to to do Botox. Uh,
0: Yeah, and they already know the anatomy anyway. Right, right. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's learning it in a different way. Yeah, and you're using, you inject all day long as a dentist. You're injecting to numb people up and do procedures and all. It's literally the same thing, except for you're using a different medication. (laughs) Like, so it makes total sense. Just to say, I think that, there's been this kind
1: of door of mystery of like only these certain people can do it. And this is why. And that that's just not true. You know, properly trained all the way from an, an RN, an APP to, you know, a physician or a dentist. Now, filler is a completely different conversation. And we'll have, you know, we can get there later. But, you know, Botox, ZMN is actually my preferred product, but there's, there's four in neurotoxins, so there's Botox. Botox has become like Kleenex. It's like a noun, a, a verb, like People just hear Botox and they think that's the only brand and the only thing that exists. But there's Xeomin, Javo Dysport, and Botox. So Xeomin actually my, my preferred product. So why is that your
0: preferred? Why do you prefer that one?
1: So I'll tell you, it's really interesting. So all four, well, so the other three, excuse me, neurotoxins have accessory binding proteins. Like Dysport, for example, this is a, an example people usually understand is bound to lactose to help deliver the product properly. So let's say you're lactose intolerant and you're getting these injections that have small doses of lactose in them. You've, are, you've got antibodies. You're forming antibodies. Same with Botox and Jivo. They all have binding proteins. You can form an antibody to these products. And then at some point, they can stop working for 8 to 10% of people. So Xeomin doesn't have those binding proteins and so you can't form antibodies to it, and so now people are getting Botox or Xiamin, whatever. So much younger that like they've got a longer time to form these antibodies. So for me, I mean, I tell my patients I'm like, why would you want to risk that? Why I don't want to get Botox for 15 years and then it, it st- quits working for me, and I'm like devastated, you know. So I start <laughs> I start with Xeomin for for everybody, and they all they all essentially accomplish the same thing. They're all made from the same strain of botulism. XMN, I I you know their marketing is very clever. They have Gwyneth Paltrow is now their spokesperson. I don't know how they pulled that off, but she is, and their thing is they're they're the they're the pure neurotoxin they're purified, and it's like yes, they are the purest form of botulism,
0: absolutely you know like the least. <laughs> You know, isn't it funny? The whole like uh, the skincare industry, the beauty industry, they're all like, oh, I'm organic. I'm pure. I'm this. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Whatever. Marketing is brilliant. It's just unbelievable. I know. I know. So ZM is the the purest
1: form of botulism. So that's why I choose it for myself and my patients. No, it's
0: just kind of comical. So do you just do like aesthetics? So somebody comes in and wants something to look a certain way or do you also do like like clinical conditions, you know, do people come to you like, okay, I have, you know, X, Y, and Z condition that's typically treated with a neurotoxin?
1: Right now, if you so the clinical conditions that you would get neurotoxin for would be like, let's say, migraines or a salivary issue, say Fry syndrome, or like a hypersalivation issue, or maybe cervical dystonia, that you can use Botox in the vocal cords. All of those things are that would be covered by insurance. And so I feel like it is high. And we don't take insurance in our cash aesthetics only practice. So I I tell my injectors, I'm like, listen, it's not only would it be exorbitant for the patient to pay for the neurotoxin that they would need for their migraines, I think it's highly unethical for
0: people to be... Yeah, to take money when people can be using their insurance. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So if you've got a medical condition and there's a chance in hell that your insurance will cover it, go see the right person so that if you have the chance to get it covered, you can get it
0: covered. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. All right, Claire. So why don't you tell us what what your skincare routine looks like? And when you started getting Botox, I'm assuming because you said that, but I'd love to hear when you started getting it and like what you think about all of it and all that from a personal perspective.
1: Yeah, totally. I, I'm, I'm 37. am 37, Happy 37. Oh, oh, thanks. About to be 38. <laughs> I've just started rounding up. I'm like, I'm 40. I don't know.
0: I know. That's kind of how I feel too. After 35, I was like, I don't Whatever. know. I'm 50 I'm or 20, 50. Yeah. I don't know anymore. <laughs> At
1: this point, who cares? And it's then I've, maybe they think oh, I look really? younger than I am. So I was about 30 <laughs> years old. And I remember there's this store near my house, like a nice makeup store. And I went in there one day and I was like, yeah, you know, she's like my makeup. I feel like my makeup's not really working anymore. Like it's, I'm doing something wrong. And this sweet makeup artist drew from Trish McAvoy. She said, what's your skincare routine? And I was like, I don't really know. I don't know. Like I I, I'm not, I don't really have a great, I, I don't know. I couldn't even answer the question. And she's like, it's not the makeup, it's your face. Like, it's your skin. She's like, Your skin, your skin just was my my skin, just I i had gotten away with it. You can get away with these things in your 20s and not think about mm-hmm. it. Oh my gosh, right? I, I know exactly what
0: you're talking about. You know what I mean? Can you <laughs> I never s- you used anything 30? on my face until I was like 33. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a
1: sudden, you're like, what, What's wrong with my face? So, but she said that, and I was like, You're totally right. So, I actually went to a cosmetic dermatologist shortly after. And just kind of started paying attention, and I started with you know a couple skincare things that she recommended for me that I really didn't understand. So I had some pigment and like melasma hyperpigmentation. She recommended hydroquinone. Well, I also break out, and so that made me you know the hydroquinone made me break out, and I I did these. She recommended kind of a few things, but I, I didn't really understand. This was also just a person who's crazy busy. Like she has a crazy busy practice. So she recommended things that I didn't really understand. So I didn't really do the right things. And then I was like, I feel like I've spent money and I, nothing's really happened. So that's when I kind of dove into trying to understand ingredients in skincare you know why are these things working or not working for me and so so then i really got into my own skincare just as kind of a hobby and and just started thinking about it more and and I also that's around the time i started getting cosmetic botox and Thank God, honestly, that I was able to get into this industry because I have really strong facial muscles. And just to kind of normalize, like how expensive it can be, I mean, I was getting up to like eight or $900 every three months to maintain what I needed to get, get, to get results. So it can be so expensive. So, so that's kind of how I started. And then now, so I do all the buying for our practice. So, so the Skin Click is a national. We're a national practice, so we're in twenty-two states. We've got injectors all all over the country. So for that reason, you know, we've got a very diverse population. We actually have a quarterly subscription box. That's really cool. And so that was kind of where where I started doing the buying and actually meeting with the reps and finding out more about these companies. So I am like intimately involved in understanding the products that we have. So. So my particular skincare routine, and part of this goes for all patients. And then there's part of it that's very specific for me. I've got rosacea. I've got melasma. I've, I, w- I don't have cystic acne anymore, but I definitely will break out like if I look at the sun the wrong way. So... Something that everything everyone should be doing is cleanse, exfoliate, and tone. That's just like a base, very basic, you will see an improvement in your skin if you do that. So cleansing, I wash my face in the morning. I have an, an exfoliant, a physical exfoliant that is gentle enough to use every day. I have a couple different ones, one from our own brand and then one from Zo Skin Health. And then toner pads. I, I love a good toner pad. We have our own. We've got two strengths that are 2% salicylic and 2% glycolic acid, but I use the glycolic acid because I'm like burn my face off every day. And then something else, (laughs) (laughs) it's true, I'm constantly in some sort of peel mode. And then a a couple other things that everyone should be doing. I use vitamin C every day. I use an, an antioxidant serum that's got ceramides in it that really helps kind of restore your skin barrier so that I don't have to use a moisturizer. I'd rather have patients keep their own moisture. You make your own moisture, right? Like you make your own hyaluronic acid. So if you can retain your own, it's significantly better for the skin's appearance than putting it on top, right? And then I use a product called Bright Alive. That's just for Keeps my pigment kind of at bay. It's it's papain and bromelain, which are actually papaya and um, pineapple extracts, and it's got niacinamide in it, and it's got tranexamic acid, all things that are really good for pigment. Pregnancy and nursing safe. Honestly, everything I use is pregnancy and nursing safe, even though that's that door has, is closed for me. <laughs> and then at night, I kind of do a similar thing. I, I wash my face again, tone again. I use a retinoid at night. I kind of alternate. I've got a really strong prescription. And then I've got a couple more that are more gentle. So I'll kind of on, alternate through those. And I use a human growth factor serum at night called BioSerum Firm that's made by Neocutis. That's really neat. It was actually developed for burn patients to help them regenerate their own skin. And it is very magical. So yeah, that, that's kind of my my routine. And then I, I get my own treatments of Botox every kind of eight to 12 weeks, just depending on what I'm doing. I metabolize it super fast. Some people, like if you work out and if you have kind of a naturally high metabolism, you're going to, you're just going to burn through it a little bit faster. So, but there's some people who will get four to six months from it. It's just, everybody's a little
0: different. So yeah, that's what I, that's what I do. So you had mentioned melasma and I know like there are so many women that suffer from that, especially like after pregnancy or during pregnancy. So was there something specific that you did try and found to be really helpful? Because I feel like some people listening might benefit from that.
1: Okay. So one thing I want to say about melasma, it is there for the long haul. And so patients get really frustrated because they might go through expensive treatments like a laser or a peel And then they're like, oh, my pigment came back. Well, yes, this is a little bit dramatic. But I'm like, listen, if you have diabetes, you're not going to take your medicine a few times and then quit taking it and be like, oh, my God, my diabetes came back. This pigment disorder is the same. Okay, (laughs) I know it's it's dramatic, but (laughs) but it's just to drive it home. What happens in melasma is you've got these cells that make too much of where we've got to have some pigment, right, to protect us from the sun. So, you've got certain cells called melanocytes that make that pigment. And what I say is, I'm like, they're making too much and they're just putting it in stupid places. Like, they're, your melanocytes are just like <laughs> stupid. So, they're drunk. They are. They're like coming home from the bar and just depositing their items wherever, just like we all do. So I love, 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 love a series of anything like a one-time treatment is just not going to cut it. So if your melasma is really significant, first of all, your skincare is so important because that's what's going to maintain you in between. But like a series of peels, so great for you. A series of lasers, so great but that was one thing, like kind of going back to when I started, you know, like I did one laser, dermatologist recommended it because I didn't, I just didn't understand if you do this one laser treatment, it's just not going to help enough for you to even get your money's worth out of that one treatment. But then but the biggest thing is if you're going to do those treatments, you have to be maintaining with really good skincare in between SPF all day, every day, like multiple times a day, wearing a hat, or it's just kind of come back to the, the same place where you were before. So now my job is kind of just to keep it at bay. And you then you can get into kind of more maintenance mode. So yeah, and you certainly you don't have to have ever been pregnant to have melasma. I mean, I mine was in, intense before I ever even had children. I just didn't even know what it was.
0: Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Thankfully, I that's one thing I have never struggled with. But I do have a lot of friends that, you know, always complain about it. And it'll just like kind of come and go whenever it pleases. So it's interesting. So, I want to do a couple of like botox myths and then you are going to debunk them. Totally. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay. I love a good myth. <laughs> okay, so let's see here. Let's let's start off with botox is really toxic.
1: Well, the thing about toxic and that word and the word toxin is that anything on this planet can be a toxin. The dose makes the poison, is kind of what we say, right? So, like water, if you, water can kill you, if you drink too much water, you can put your electrolytes in such a significant imbalance that water can kill you. So, yeah, it is any that that's my first thing is like anything can be a toxin. So, so Botox only is metabolized locally, typically, unless you're getting huge, huge doses. So, out of the literally billions at this point of patients globally over the past about 20 years that Botox has been used in cosmetic settings. I think there have been eight deaths. Those were typically in Asian countries quite a while ago when they were using Absolutely massive, massive doses. We're talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of units to do things like slim down the calf. In their no, face? No, 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 no. Like that's the thing. In, oh, in other places, like, oh yeah, no, to, like in their calves, and and they they actually think oh. that the potentially there was extravasation of product into you know vessels that it shouldn't have gone into, and so so yeah, yes, can can Botox actually be in that in that way toxic? Sure, but the chances of that happening in a normal cosmetic setting, in a normal dose, and even in a medical setting. So like for things like kids with cerebral palsy who've got those, you know, spastic contractures and and, and- bladder spasticity and even the salivary doses. We, in the medical setting, you're using... Well, they
0: use it for even like underarm sweating, right? Like armpit sweating. They can use it for that too. Yeah. Like super cool stuff. Yeah. A yeah.
1: hundred units per side typically. And that's a lot. So in the medical setting, you're, you're actually still using pretty high doses and it's metabolized locally in the muscle where it's going. That's its job is to stay in that specific muscle where it's been injected and not get absorbed systemically. So yeah, I think people hear the word neurotoxin and it sounds very terrifying and that's pretty fair, but, but yeah, no, they're, they're really, we don't have at this point, any long-term side effects. When you stop getting it, you just stop getting it and that's it. I mean, it's, it's, doesn't cause permanent damage. Um, if anything, the needle pokes actually stimulate you to make your own collagen. So like you get to keep your collagen. But yeah, and and even the side effect, like the worst case scenario for a cosmetic injection, I'm sure we all saw that poor blogger who I think it was last summer that got what's called ptosis, which is where the little muscle that holds up your eyelid product accidentally goes into one of our foramens and hits that muscle. <laughs> and bless her heart and so then it looks kind of like you've had a stroke and her eyelid like she couldn't open her eye very well well that as soon as the product metabolizes that's she's done like she goes back to normal right it's gone yeah it's gone so it's honestly one of the safest procedures that you can have and it's one of the most common procedures that's performed in america so yeah it's it's super safe
0: okay so let's see let's say botox leaves you looking expressionless. Your face looks like it's frozen.
1: Yeah. If you ask for that. Sure. Yeah. And some people ask for that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Like I don't want to move my forehead. I do not want to move it. And that's what it takes for me to get longevity out of my product. And that's fine. But you can absolutely dose the patient according to how much movement they want to have. Okay. So if you want to be like, think about actresses and when some actors, I'm sure, but like mainly actresses, they're getting Botox. They, they are, but they're getting it at lower doses so that they can still have expression, but they're getting enough to keep them from forming those like super deep, deep uh, lines and wrinkles. And then, yeah, and then the smile thing. So there's very little that you could do to bo- with actual neurotoxin to change the smile. So it's more about the forehead, right? Like, yes, you can Botox the lower face, but there's not really, it, it would be difficult to change someone's smile. And, and again, like it wears off. So if you go, I, I think people don't realize they can actually talk to their injector about dosing. And so I'll ask my patients every time until I've seen them several times, hey, how did you like last time? Was it enough movement? Was it too much movement? Do we want to go up? Do we want to go down? And so it's really up to you as a patient how much movement you want. And But I also will explain, hey, the more movement that you have, the lower dose you get, the shorter duration you're going to get. And so it's kind of a tricky balance. If you can stay with the same injector, find an injector you like, it'll be easier for you to get to the point of where you like your dose. Does that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just right. kind of, it's yeah, a tricky. Yeah, it makes tricky. total sense. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it's just like with any patient, like if you're managing a patient with like antihypertensives and you're trying to figure out how their body is going to react to certain medications. And is this really going to help their hypertension or am I going to have to add something else or increase the dose or decrease the dose? I mean, there's, you know, I mean, that's, yeah, I think that's totally something you, you do with every single patient with pretty much every medication, you know?
1: Well, isn't it like people asking you know, when's the right age and how much do I need? And I'm like, listen, I've got 50-year-olds that don't need as much as some of my 24-year-olds. You know, I mean, it's completely isn't patient. Crazy? Depend- yeah. It's wild. I, mean, It's wild. It's just, you know, genetics, how much time I'm in the sun.
0: Yeah, I've had so many people like one of the most common questions I would get, like when I was on social media would be like, I'd love to know if you get Botox. And I don't know why. It's such like a hot topic question. And I've never gotten Botox. And I always tell people I've never gotten it and I don't plan to get it right now. But that isn't to say when I get older and I do have something that I'd love to like, I don't know, like fill out a little bit like that. I wouldn't get it. You know what I mean? But it's just something I have not chosen to get yet. And like, like you said, everybody's face is totally different. And you know, like I, I just, you know what, whatever makes you feel good. Like who gives a shit what someone else is doing? You know what? Like I exercise because it makes me feel good. Like I use this lotion because it makes me feel good. I like who gives I wear this because it makes me feel good. Who gives a shit who is getting botox who is not getting botox? I know. If you don't I don't know that stuff drives it, me insane. Don't
1: get it. Like it's fine. It. Don't get it. It's that's it's <laughs> totally fine. I yeah, I don't understand the controversy. I really don't, but whatever. It's
0: it's so it's so silly. But okay, so let's see here. What's another myth? Uh, okay, so once you stop using botox my wrinkles, or I don't even know what they call them, your like 11s or something will get worse. So basically, once you stop doing it and then don't get the next dose, all my wrinkles are going to come back worse.
1: So they won't come back worse initially. But okay, so the way I explain this to people, think about your skin like a piece of paper, okay? And if you're f- constantly folding that piece of paper, eventually it's going to form a crease. And the more you form it and the more, I mean, the more you fold it and the more that crease forms, the harder it is to get that crease out. So you can get Botox for a special event and then, or whatever, you can get it once a year. And then when, you know, you don't get it again, your face just goes back to baseline. It it goes absolutely back to where you started but what happens then if you if you totally quit getting it is it's you're going to get worse because you're aging it's not because you got botox and then you quit getting it you're getting worse because you're folding the paper again the paper was flat for a little bit and it wasn't making the crease but it's not the the stopping that's making it worse it's just that's what happens with age as we continue to lose collagen and elasticity and move those muscles if you keep moving the muscles yeah they're they're going to come back and it does it takes time if you've got so you're so you're saying you're 37 you haven't gotten it yet but you might when you're older and i would say so the argument for getting it younger is think about the paper again if you can stop the crease from forming before it actually forms into that crease that you can't iron out that's ideal right so if you, you, a lot of people wait till till they think they quote unquote need it you know and then and then people catch hell for you know getting it too young or you know you don't even need it why are you getting it and i'm like well that that's exactly why they're getting it. it's because that line hasn't formed yet and now it's never going to. It's really a personal decision you know no, you don't get worse because you quit doing your Botox you get worse just because you' because you're getting older. Nobody's getting any younger. so that yeah that's that's what happens with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes
0: sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the last myth, let's talk about so some people will say like fillers and Botox, they're the same thing. Oh God, no.
1: Oh God, no. Okay. So I answer this question all the <laughs> time because people will ask, it, people send a question and be like, can I get Botox here? Okay. Botox, Xeomin, Dysport, Javo, they are all muscle relaxers or made to stop the movement of the muscle, right? They only work in the muscles. That's their job. So filler and and it's a medication that's reconstituted with saline. So you put it in the muscle and then the muscle absorbs it and metabolizes the product. Filler is an actual physical gel substance. So most fillers that we use are made of hyaluronic acid, like we were talking about earlier. There's a couple others, that, but the most common are, are made of hyaluronic acid. So it's a gel. And filler serves the purpose to literally fill in deficits. So like If you think about the fat pads in your face, this is also a really fun part of aging is that you start to lose fat where you don't want to lose fat, like in your face and you gain fat like Why in do these your ass happen? right like in, it makes no sense <laughs> so you lose well some people want fat in their ass well not, right? yes yeah but i would say like the majority <laughs> of people are like i'd rather lose the fat out of my ass than my face like keep you know when, i mean at least for me I, but <laughs> you know and and by the way you know that bbl trend it's going out it's it's on its way out all the Kardashians <laughs> are getting their their butt lifts taken out <laughs> just saying so uh, so filler literally yeah fills in these deficits. So when we start to age, the fat pads in our cheeks, that's what kind of starts to go first, right? So your cheeks kind of drop a little bit. You're like, wow, my under eyes are kind of sagging. You might notice your jawline, like you might have a little bit of jowling starting. You know, one thing that really bothers people is those lines around your mouth when you smile can get really, really deep. So, so filler Yeah, we think about lip filler, but to me, what the most important thing that we do with filler is restore the volume that you've lost underneath in those fat pads. So, So filler is an absolutely like Complete one hundred and eighty from Botox. It's 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 a totally different product. And you wanted to talk about too the vaccine. Did you want
0: it to me to you want me to touch on oh, that yes, now? Yes, like, that's the last thing I wanted to touch on before. Yes, before we go into like a couple of it kind of yes. makes sense to talk about it right now. Okay, so there have been
1: kind of some chatterings on the interwebs about. Um, like don't get, you know, you've got to wait to get your Botox and the vaccine and the vaccine's affecting the Botox and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So the most important thing to know is if you have had filler ever, then if you get any vaccine, not just the COVID vaccine, any vaccine, the flu shot, or if you have any kind of immunologic response, like say you're really sick, say you get COVID, say you get the flu, if you've had filler before, let's say your cheeks or your lips, it can swell because filler is basically an, it's an implant. I mean, it, we treat it like an implant. So it's it's an implant and it can you can have swelling. Now, is there any evidence right now that Botox or ZMN or Juvo or Dysport are affected by the COVID vaccine? No, but I'll tell you just from like a completely anecdotal, like non-data-driven conversational standpoint. So like, you know, don't call me JAMA, like I'm not your source, right? Like there have been really interesting chatterings and musings kind of in the aesthetic world for about the past six months. And this is with vaccinated and non-vaccinated people about our neurotoxins, like maybe not lasting as long. And we're all like, well this patient was vaccinated but this patient wasn't vaccinated and it's like maybe there's something we don't know with the antibodies that we you know we're all get, if you if you're not vaccinated like you've probably had it by now. So, but all that to say none of that makes it unsafe. It's just interesting. Like right? Like if your filler swells, it's going to go back down and it and if it says swollen you know for a prolonged period like we would put you on steroids and it would it would be fine so that's yeah that's kind of a thing that's floating around and i think that to be honest i think the anti-vax community really latched on to that any you know anything they can get their grubby mitts on they're going to latch on to and so they 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 did they latched on to that and 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 really ran with it and we're all like oh yeah but that can happen with anything like it's not just the covid vaccine that can happen if you get sick so quit, you know, weaponizing that for your own, you know, personal gains. It's, it It really is just your immune system. You've got an implant and it can swell. That's so, you know, that's all. Yeah. 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 So just talk to your injector and, you
0: know. Yeah. No, <laughs> I love this soapbox you're on though. Well, I it's, I'll I love I, it. This is why I love interviewing it. Like, <laughs> Oh, it's so great. Okay. So, okay. I have quite literally, I think about like more than 50 questions uh, about Botox, but I'm only going to pick a couple here. So, mm. but some of these we already talked about, like, so let me just see here. Migraine help with Botox question mark. Yes, we already talked about that. Well, I mean, it will work for some people. So let's see. I know you probably talk a lot with people, obviously in your own field, right? Just like many of us do. Have you? heard the same? I have a lot of people asking about like, does it really help with teeth clenching and grinding and TMJ? Have you heard roughly the same as what I've heard just anecdotally from people I know that it really does help?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've personally, I get my masseters injected. Yeah. I mean, listen, we wouldn't, patients, I'm going to tell you what, masseter Botox is expensive. It can take 50 units per side. That is a shit ton of money so if it didn't help people would absolutely not be coming back to get it and not only can it help from a the standpoint of clenching but like you can literally see so if you guys want to google something google olivia munn and like lol that she says she's never had injected injections she clearly has been having her masseters injected <laughs> because and bethany bethany Frankel's a good one too and she's okay. Like, hold on wait just hold up hold yeah, up claire, claire. google wait, what's it Okay, <laughs> Olivia Olivia Munn is an, is the actress, and then Bethany Frankel. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I see Bethany Frankel from Real Housewives. So she's saying so Olivia Munn says so she's, she's never she had injections, have... which is comical. Bethany Frankel is actually honest about it, and it's helpful because we. She can... looks like she has. She looks like she's storing acorns for winter. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. That's a different conversation, <laughs> but you can see yeah. the masseter. Like, look at Bethany Frankel's face. Used to be pretty yeah. square. And now it's not because she had yeah. huge masseters. And so you can literally mm. see the, in, you're intentionally atrophying oh, those muscles, I see what you're saying. right? Yeah, and yeah. so now it's, mm-hmm. it's very, sl- it can be very slimming in the right patient to the right um, masseter, but mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. if it, oh. Listen, it's, it's right. You see what I'm saying? Masseter Botox is expensive. And so people would not, I can assure you, would not be coming back to get it if it didn't work. It's, it can be life-changing for some people yeah and same with the migraine protocol I mean in insurance there is not a way in hell that insurance is covering migraine Botox if it's if it's not effective it's also been shown to be effective for helping depression mm. you know so I mean it's just yeah yeah sunshine in a bottle
0: so I know you were saying you're mentioning units, like 50 units in each side for the master muscle. Like, what are you using for typical, like, I don't know, say someone comes in, it's called the 11s, right? Like when you yeah. like try to Yeah. So what are you using as far as units for that? Like on average? Really I'm good question. Curious. Yeah.
1: And, and I would say the most average dose there is probably about 25. Men mm. For men, it's a little higher, around 35, can be 40. I get 30 there. I've got some people, again, all over the map with ages who can use 15, 10 or 15 and get away with it and, you know, then some people that need 40, but probably the most common dose is about 25. And the price of a unit really ranges based on, you know, a million things like where you live, what your practice does. But the typical price of a unit is anywhere from 12 to, I would say 12 to 15, $16 is kind of the most common, but it can certainly be above or below.
0: Per unit.
1: Per unit. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, so somebody says, "Why can't people just embrace aging?"
1: I mean, why do you wear makeup? Let's hear it, Claire. Why do you wear makeup? Why do you dye your hair? Why can't we just embrace?
0: Why you know, do you a wear nice clothes things? in the morning?
1: Right. I mean, get over it. Like, if you want to embrace your aging, go for it. Like, I do not. So, like yeah, well, I think this has
0: to do with like, like, uh, I, I struggle with this because, like it's not that people aren't embracing Like that's like saying, I don't know someone who like decides to put on a nice dress to go to an event, you know, she's not allowed to do that because she's embracing. I, I just like, first of all, what someone else does, like who cares? Like, that's like so silly. And like, it's not that you're not embracing aging. Like I don't. I mean, like, like I said, for my personal self, like I don't choose to get it right now. There are, but again, I'm like, if somebody else gets it, I'm like, that's wonderful. You look great. Like you look beautiful. Like I don't know who right. cares. Who
1: cares. And this is not new. Like changing our appearance is not a new thing. Okay, it's it's just not new. Mm-hmm. What is new is you know, I do, I do, it is a tricky balance. So I just interviewed, I don't know if you watch Southern charm, but I love that show. And Naomi Olindo was just on my pride podcast and she got a nose job and people like lost their minds. And so we were kind of having this exact same conversation. I'm like, listen, what has changed is social media and just, but there's always, there's been magazine retouching has been around for decades, you know, I mean, my God, think about 200 years ago, they're wearing corsets, you know, they're changing their hair, they're wearing wigs, they're putting on makeup, changing our appearance is not a new thing. But what what I do feel like is a difficult balance and a hard conversation is a filtered world that we live in and unrealistic, I absolutely will die on the hill that we have unrealistic beauty expectations. But that doesn't mean that you don't, you know, do what you want to do and make, you know, what, what makes you feel more comfortable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I feel like the way to kind of think about that is like, are you really thinking about before you do anything? Not, I'm not even talking about like what the topic is today, but like when you do anything, when you buy anything, when you're doing beauty, skincare, working out, whatever it is, just make sure it's for you not for anyone else, not for your partner, not for your friends, not for social media, not for anyone. If you wake up every day and you're like, I would just feel better and I would feel like, I don't know, more ladylike, more this, more that, whatever. It would make me feel great if I could make, you know, this little bit less apparent or whatever, what have you like, who cares? Like, do you wear certain jeans to look um, a certain way do you, to make your butt look bigger or whatever? Like, you know what I mean? Like anything. And so, you know, it's like, if that makes you feel good, that's great. Like, and that's it. That's like literally where it stops. You know what I mean? And, and so I I will never understand why anybody feels the need to like judge somebody else based on what makes them feel good. You know what I mean like who are you to say what makes somebody else feel good about themselves? They're literally like that's their own personal preference. They're doing it to themselves. Like why does it bother you? I think it's more about that person than it is about the person getting the botox or getting Do you know what I mean? One thing I've noticed too is like I I all of a sudden was like gosh I have, I, I didn't realize I have a lot
1: of friends that are getting their boobs done right now. Well it's because we're all getting to that phase where we're kind of done having kids and you've gone through however long, a decade where your body is not your own. And then you get to this phase of where you're like, I don't recognize it. I literally gave it to other humans for X amount of time. You know, there was a period of time where I was like, I don't want my husband to like look at or touch my boobs because they feel like freaking objects of like... feet, Like a not a cow. Cows like I never felt like a cow, but I just felt like these don't belong to me right now. You know, and and so I feel like you're you're. I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head. Like if you are in a place where you think that that procedure or whatever it is, or that or whether it be it's whether it's that outfit or that haircut or you know that eyeshadow or eyebrow pencil or pair of shoes brings you joy and and makes you feel better. Now don't turn to that to make yourself feel better. Like shit go to therapy first, you know, get on your well-being train with the rest of us, but like <laughs> you know, but if it if that's something that's going to help you, let's do it. Yeah, like bring make your body your own again. It 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 does belong to you. And sometimes it takes something like that I think to bring us back to where we feel like we have ownership over our own bodies. At least that's the way I feel about having been a mother, you know.
0: That's my take on it. Well, yeah. And you know what? Life is, f- life is freaking hard. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many, like, everything's hard. It's hard whether you have kids, don't have kids. Like, it's just, it's hard. There's like, once you become an adult, you're dealing with all these adult things and every day is different and every day has its, you know, ups and downs and struggles and whatever. And like, the least of our worries should be like, like thinking about what other people think of us for making our own personal decision totally. about like our appearance. <laughs> like, totally. I right. Don't know, you know, I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. So that was that question. I know that was kind of, no. that was going to get, I love us it. Both I get, it. Like I get it all up, the time I, though. It was a I, good one.
1: I do. I get it all the time. It was a good one, but it did. It got us yeah. both riled up, but you don't get Botox and I do Botox for a living. And we're both like, who gives a shit? Do what
0: you want. Like move on. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So let's see. Oh, this is a good one. I'm nervous to get Botox, but I really don't like the line in my forehead. So I guess that's the 11th, right? Probably. Yeah. Are there any side effects I should be worried about?
1: So this is, we also get this question all the time. And when we do our consent, right? Like every time you do a medical procedure, you consent the person. And so side effects, people think about side effects. Okay. A side effect to me is like headache, diarrhea, lethargy, like if you think about a medicine you're taking and what the side effects actually means. And so when people ask me that, I, I kind of try to categorize side effects, Where which is like, hey, a lot of people get a headache for 24 hours after, get, after they get injections. So to me, that's a side effect. And then when I'm consenting p- people, we say, a side effect of Botox is muscle paralysis, which is also the desired effect. So that's that's the side effect question. Now, adverse effects are outcomes that you did not hope for, okay, which is like the eyebrow droop or maybe being too frozen or maybe so sometimes, you know, when you're trying to figure out the dose, you'll, you know, go a little heavy in one area and maybe the eyebrow is not exactly where you want it to be. So that's adverse effects the side effects will go away so like the headache goes away bruising like right you're going it's a needle you're going to bruise probably that all goes away and then adverse effects 99% of things that happen like let's say you get too much in the in the top of the forehead and your eyebrows are down lower than you want then i can come in and put botox under your eyebrows and actually lift them up so a lot of adverse effects we can we can actually tweak around and and fix them right so there's very little that happens that's like there's one so tosis with the eye is a bad one and that's so incredibly incredibly rare and you have to be injecting in a very certain spot for that to happen but it it does it happens to everybody even the best injectors in the world it happens to and then there's one injection in the lower face where your mouth kind of starts to turn down, you know, as you age, like you think about old lady lips, they're like very thin and kind of turned down. So you can inject underneath that. And if you go to medial, you hit this little muscle that I wish I had a video, but <laughs> that you hit this little muscle <laughs> that knocks out the 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 bottom of the lip muscle. And so you kind of look like you got a stroke on that side for a little bit. That is like... I know ex- exactly what you're talking about. You know what I'm about. talking about? It's worst case scenario, extremely rare, almost never happens. I did it when I first started. I was too confident. I did it to my nurse, sweet angel. I was too confident and I went to medial and knocked her out. And she looked like she had a stroke for about six weeks and then it went away.
0: Oh my gosh. Did she tell you that you had to give her free Botox for the rest,
1: oh, God. She, for the rest of God, life? This sweet angel, she didn't even notice. She's like, somebody asked her like, Melissa, are you having a stroke? And she was like, what do you mean? And then, the, you know, I was like, oh my God, I hit your DLI. And anyway, so it's awful. All that to say, yeah, it just, it
0: happens. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So is Botox systemic at all?
1: It should not be. But again,
0: if, if we're injecting
1: massive, massive, massive quantities, then some can be systemically absorbed. But it, the the dose that it takes to get there is not what we are
0: using in cosmetic dosing. Let's see. Is it recommended to see a dermatologist for Botox instead of going to a med spa? I guess even a better question, I mean, to kind of branch off of that would be if somebody is looking to Looking into this, where would they start to find somebody reputable that knows what they're doing? That like knows a lot about dosage, like you're saying.
1: I'm going to answer this with a very hot take, and I don't know how many dermatologists or ENTs you will have here, so that so that listen to you and may you know like at me with this. Okay, so. In your dermatology residency and in your ENT, which is your like head and neck specialist, so like the facial muscles are your specialist, what we did in our practice to develop our training program is we were like, let's look at what they're required to do and let's do more. And we were shocked when we looked at how little they are actually required to do in residency. To, to graduate and then be considered an, an expert in this thing, right? So for example, the ENT program that I used to work with did with their residents one Botox training a year, one. So they had experience with it three to four times before they graduated their residency. And all that to say like a dermatologist, that might be what their focus is in, and that might be all that they do, and they are freaking baller injectors. Or, like, for example, I, I one dermatologist who we knew and really respected, and we were kind of looking and analyzing all these practices, and we were like, oh, wait, this person only does injections once a month? Like, it's so variable, but because they're a dermatologist, they're considered automatically an expert, and I would say the same with plastic surgery like there are some plastic surgeons who inject a ton. there are some that have apPs or nurses in their office, and they literally never inject so that 's not the person that you want doing your injection so be it uh, you know you want a reputable place i always tell people you know nothing to me is more important than word of mouth so ask your friends where do you, where do you go who do you like and like i said rn injectors can be some of the best injectors in the world i think it's just the level of 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 training you know, did, did they go to a weekend course and now they inject occasionally or do they, you know, have ongoing education? Like in our practice, we have education twice a month. We have, you know, quarterly requirements of education. You know, our folks, we, our training actually gives you CME. And so we're constantly kind of reassessing. We have minimal standards of how often our injectors have to inject. And so I would say it's just all across the board and there's, there's not, there's not a title, that makes someone a better injector. So you'll see on Instagram too, it's like a big thing. People will put, you know, master injector or national speaker or whatever it is, but it doesn't matter. I mean, like I said, the worst complication I've ever seen is from a super busy plastic surgeon. But this person doesn't in- inject that much. His APPs inject often and do most of his injections. And so, you know, and then then he didn't even have the right medication to reverse the complication one of our friends c- came to his rescue like knight in shining armor anyway so it all it's just you know <laughs> word of mouth who do who do you like who do you trust and there are some i mean There's some med spas that are amazing. There's a place in Charleston that, you know, is incredible that that's where I send all my laser patients to. And then we have, you know, I have a good relationship with them now and they send my Botox right back. Most, they're like, thank you for sending your laser patients. We're going to send them right back to you. But, you know, med spas can be great. Anybody can be great. There's no title that
0: makes you good or bad at injecting. Okay. So this is like a two part question. Last question. Is it safe to get Botox while breastfeeding or pregnant and then on like a second part to that would be if it's not what are the best alternatives that I could use yeah totally that would have the same effect or oh, well, roughly the same
1: effect nothing so there's no alternative that has the same effect <laughs> I mean let's just put that out there yeah otherwise it wouldn't be a business right <laughs> right right Right. I mean gosh I wish there's one product that people call Botox in a bottle and I got sent some and I was like this is shenanigans. Like that is in no way Botox in a bottle. Like as a skincare product. Anyway, I don't want to throw them under the bus, but it's just, you know, it's just not the same. Okay. So for pregnant pregnancy, like it's the, here's the thing. No one's ever going to say for pregnancy and breastfeeding with anything cosmetic like this. Yes, it is safe, but pregnancy is, is a pretty hard. No, there is some data that shows harm in animals. And so for that reason, Pregnancy is pretty much a no. Now, do I think that, you know, we've been doing this for 20 years and plenty of people have unknowingly gotten Botox while pregnant and it's been fine? And do I think that there will be at some point retrospective data that may prove that it's fine? Yes. But for pregnancy, it's just uh, it's just not worth it. And most people say no. No breastfeeding is a little bit of a different conversation. So it's, there's not evidence that it's found in the milk. It's not systemically absorbed, which you kind of make the same argument with pregnancy. Well, then it should be found in pregnancy, but we just know that that's not how it works. And so I have a risk benefit conversation with my patients. And I often will say, you know, just check with your, with your OB. And now, like I said, that's been around for long enough. And I think there's enough kind of hindsight looking back and, is it safe? I'm never going to say that, but I am going to say, talk to your OB if you want. Let's have a risk benefit conversation, you know, and you know, maybe maybe we'll do it when you're nursing, maybe not. And it's just kind of up to the t- the treatment team and and what we're doing for 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 nursing. But I mean, skincare, you know, you still got to keep like a harp on this. You know, you've still got to keep going with your skincare routine constantly. And and while you're pregnant and nursing, there's just this common misconception that oh, you can't use anything. There's like no products you can use when you're pregnant and nursing. And that's just not true. You can use pretty much everything except for hydroquinone which does get systemically absorbed and even retinols now like the weaker strengths the fda is actually changing its verbiage on certain strengths and forms of in the retinoid family to say that you know it's not systemically absorbed so it's so it's okay but then everything else like i said my whole entire routine would be considered pregnancy and nursing routine safe unless you're questioning the use of the the retinoid. Like everything else I use, yeah, absolutely. Totally fine. Use use it it, we we follow ACOG guidelines, right? Which is I mean, don't believe ACOG guidelines, then you shouldn't be dealing with pregnant and nursing people. (laughs) It's my that's my opinion. (laughs) I agree.
0: Okay. Is there, I'm going to stop there cause there's way more, but you know, we're out of time. So is there anything you wanted to add in that you, that you didn't get to say? Like, is there anything like burning at you? That's like, Oh, I wanted to say this or talk about this or. Anything?
1: No, I, I think just, you know, talk to your, I, I want people to know you can talk to your injector. You can ask questions, you know, don't be afraid. Don't feel judged. Don't feel not judged. You know, I love the fact that we're, we're both on the same wavelength and, just just drop the drop the judgment and do what you want to do do what makes you happy and just know you can stop and start pretty much anything anytime you want i, I absolutely have patients that have gotten botox and been like wow really hated that never doing it again you know and that's fine <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah reach out to me i mean i do i i do answer my my dms and even our our business the skin click we have some great people that when we get a clinical question actually they'll send it to me or somebody on our clinical team and and so we answer questions there all the time. Yeah, and, and and just just ask, just ask. there's there's no harm in asking. There's no question that's you know dumb or anything like that. So
0: yeah. Yes. love it. Awesome. Okay. Two random questions that aren't related to the topic. So the first one is if you could give moms one piece of advice, what would it be?
1: You're never going to be doing it right. And don't put that expectation on yourself. And don't ever be afraid to apologize to your children for not
0: doing it right. I love the apologizing to your kids. Yeah.
1: If you're a working mom, I had this conversation with a neurosurgeon I was interviewing the other day. And I was like, listen, the more time I spend on my career, the more like mom guilt and shame I feel. The more time I spend with Mm -hmm. my kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, What's my identity? You know, like, I can't, you can't win. You're never going to win. So just like, I hear that. Yes. Yes. We're yes, yes, yes. all doing the best that we can. And I, yeah. I, I just, I try to apologize to my kids for whatever it is. If I'm short with them or miss something or, you know, forget something, you know, just apologizing to them. And we're just, you know, we're all, we're doing the best
0: And I think it's like really important for our kids to kind of know where we're at, like, and sharing it on, you know, an age appropriate level, obviously. But like, if you're a a mom who's had a really busy work week, it's like sitting down with them and being like, you know, I had such a busy work week and, you know, going to work makes mommy feel really, really important. And it's really good for me. But at the same time, I missed you guys so much. Like, I wish I could have had more time with you or whatever. And like, sometimes that even makes you feel better, you know, to just like tell them exactly what you're feeling or whatever. But it is a really Hard and strange balance, like so, so hard. Like I'm in that point now where I have like my kids. They're like, you know, growing up, and we're not having any more kids. And I'm like, I really want to focus more back into my career because I've been working the whole time. But it's like, oh my gosh, I can't wait! Like I want to be working more and like even learning more. Like I'm and now enrolling in these courses and like trying to like teach because it's really a never ending learning process medicine. I mean it which is the best part about it is like literally like I was so humbled at my shift yesterday, like because I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't done this in a while. And oh you know, I've never even seen this. And I've been doing this for 14 years, you know? So it's like it's a really humbling job and it's like really exciting. And I can't wait to do it like more, but also can't really because of the kids. And but I'm home and all I do is like clean, 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 feed, 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 do that. Like, and it's just like this constant, I don't feel like anybody's appreciative and I don't feel important. And it's just like this very draining job. And I give so much credit to moms that stay home full time because Dude, oh, nothing I is could harder. never do it. Nothing
1: there is harder. Nothing is harder. Nothing is harder. Work I completely like, agree. Nothing. Oh, thank God nothing. I get to go to work today. You
0: know, like, reprieve. yeah. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is great. I get a whole, a whole day to myself, you know, Um, work work
1: my ass (laughs) off. But like, it's so nice. And so (laughs) much easier. Yeah, it's really, really difficult. And yeah, and it's such a thankless and even if your partner is very thankful, it's still just Thankly, you know, your kids aren't. Your, your five-year-old's like, you didn't put the right, no you know, you put no put Oreo in my lunchbox and I told you I wanted the brown one, you know, and you're like, what the fuck? I was yeah. making your lunch at 1130 last <laughs> night and then I got up at five. It's just, yeah, it's so bad.
0: It is like, and oh my gosh, talk about humbling is motherhood, man. You'll think you're like doing so good. And then your kid, you just make dinner and your kid's like, I'm not eating this, throws it on the floor. You know, I mean, it's dramatic, but you know, I'm like, this is, whew. Like I thought I was doing good. And like in five minutes from now, I will be put right back in my place, (laughs) you know? Anyway, okay. And then last question is, if you could make one dinner for your whole family that everybody would eat, that's quick and easy, what would it be?
1: So fairly quick and easy, like I, uh, quick and easy, gosh, that's that's a harder one. So cheesy broccoli, which is frozen broccoli and then my kids are like a little bit lactose intolerant. And so my mom gave me this good word and I was like, I, this makes me feel better. She was like, oh yeah, I learned to eat vegetables because my mom just like put cheese on them all the time growing up. I was like, oh, that's kind of genius. So cheesy broccoli, which is broccoli and then a squirt packet of dairy-free um, cheese made by Daya. Thank you for that, which tastes kind of like the Velveeta cheese. So they love cheesy <laughs> broccoli. And then... I use my crock pot when I'm trying to be really easy, like spaghetti. I do a spaghetti, plant-based spaghetti, where I basically just put like several vegetables, like a carrot, celery, onions, some peppers, whatever I kind of have in a food processor and then kind of turn it into like a bolognese. And that's really easy. And then we use like the bonza noodles or whatever. And then I feel victorious and they've gotten like 12 vegetables and they don't even know it. Or <laughs> you're like, I tr- do. Yeah. Pizza. Or we have, we'll, we'll order Domino's, you know, if we're really trying
0: to be easy. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Love it. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Claire, thank you so much for educating us on Botox. I found this to be really helpful and I hope everybody listening did too. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. All resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes on lindsayandco.com. To continue these important conversations, head over to Motherhood Meets Medicine on Instagram. Let me know what you learned from this episode and who you would love to hear from next. I always love getting feedback from you. If you're finding value in this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. This will help us to reach even more women from around the world. I'll catch you next week. Until then, don't forget to find some time to unplug, unwind, and have a little fun. Seeking the truth never gets old.